Hello everyone and welcome to Let's Talk Sports. I'm your host Nathan Murphy aka Mountaineer Murph. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. And if you've been with us before, welcome back. We've got three new topics this week so let's get to it. Let's Talk Sports. Alright guys, I know I've been gone for a couple weeks now. Um, was actually moving into a brand new home so uh, pretty exciting time. I've been pretty busy. I didn't have a chance to get out a, a new episode last week. Uh, that being said, I do want to say that this episode is being recorded in the new home studio, what will be referred to as the Fan Cave. I got something in the works trying to turn in, uh, turn a room into a nice little fan cave down here. Um, so I'll be recording the show from the Fan Cave from now on. Uh, really looking forward to that, getting down here and getting my voice out to you guys every week. So this week, I've got three new topics to go through, and uh, kind of a last-minute change. Um, I was going to touch on uh, the one-and-done in college basketball, sort of my opinion on that. I'm actually going to scratch that this week and replace that with uh, what's going on uh, with the Big Ten and now the Pac-12 following suit uh, with going to conference-only scheduling for fall sports. Uh, we're going to talk about Cam Newton becoming a New England Patriot. Uh, and I know what I had said before uh, in my uh, Year 1 AD podcast episode. Um, didn't think that this would happen. Um, and I'll get into that when we touch on the Cam Newton subject. Uh, and, and maybe a bit of a controversial subject. Um, or I know it's a controversial subject, but I'm going to touch on it anyway. Um, the, the kneeling during the national anthem, I know it's a sore spot uh, for a lot of people out there across the country. I'm going to throw my opinion out there. And again, this is just my opinion. Um, when, we, when we get in that, into that topic. Um, but that's what I got on, on tap this week. Uh, so let's dive right into it all. And we will start uh, with Cam Newton. So if we go back to, I think it was my second podcast, uh, the episode Year One, A.B. After Brady uh, for the New England Patriots, I went out on a limb and I said that Jared Stedham would be the man. He would be the quarterback under center, uh, taking the snaps this year for the Patriots. And I went out and predicted, maybe a little boldly, an 8-8 eight and eight record. Um, I may have overstated uh, the capability of, of that team with that quarterback at 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, So I'm going to go out on record and, and say if, if the NFL plays a full 16-game season like they plan on doing, um, and again, this is all hinges around uh, the COVID-19 situation. Uh, but if they go out and play a full 16-game uh, season, even with Cam Newton at quarterback, even if he starts all 16 games, I don't think this team is better than 8-8, eight and eight, uh, partially because of the defensive uh, turnover that we've had in New England, uh, losing some, some key guys from last year's defense. Uh, that was one of the best in the, the league, not only last year, but uh, historically. But I'm not sold on Cam Newton. Uh, you know, I, I know he's got a lot of workout videos out there, and I know a guy like Cam Newton 
doesn't give a, a squat what I say uh, or my opinion about him. And a negative opinion is only going to drive someone like that even more to go out and prove somebody wrong. But I haven't seen him do it since the year that, that he led the Panthers to the Super Bowl. Um, and even then, in that game, he was outmatched. That, that Broncos defense uh, was way too good for Cam Newton at that time in his career. And I don't know if he's advanced much further than that quarterback that, that we saw that year in that Super Bowl. I mean, the Broncos made him, made him look average that night and and he hasn't progressed. And, and I know there's the videos of him out there working out and I know he looks like he's in great shape and he's supposed to be a hundred percent for the first time in a while but I don't know about Cam Newton. And and I was never never completely sold on Cam Newton. Um I didn't I didn't think he was a flash in the pan uh, or anything like that, but I didn't think that Cam Newton was necessarily the quarterback to hang your hat on. Um Carolina did for years. Um and, and again he brought him to a Super Bowl he made them, for the most part, a relevant franchise for the entire time he was there. Um, yeah, they had some bad years, uh, but but a lot of teams go through, you know, those kind of seasons. But he never got him over the hump. He get him got him to one Super Bowl. I, I I don't know. I I just don't feel like bringing him into New England was the answer. Now Belichick did it. In the absolute most Belichick way, he waited, and he waited, and he waited, and he went out and got him when no one else was interested, when no one else was looking at him. A lot of people, you know, were probably thinking that, you know, he, he's going to have to sit out a year, uh, and, and if he's lucky, he'll get signed to a, you know, a free agent deal for the 2021 season. And and by showing no interest in him, Belichick basically kept the market down. He 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 kept the Patriots out of a bidding war for Cam Newton, and he went out and got possibly the quarterback that he wanted all along without having to drop the big price tag on him. And and maybe this has been his plan since the draft. You know, he he did say on you know draft weekend that that the plan was to draft a quarterback, but it just wasn't there for him. It didn't shake out. So, so after that, you know, he signs a couple of, of undrafted free agents, um, including a guy from, you know, went to school not too far from where I'm at now. He went to Michigan state, Brian Lewerke, you know, he has an experienced quarterback on the roster in Brian Hoyer. And he has a kid in Jared Stidham, who has been there for a couple years, sat behind Brady. I really thought that that would be the road uh, that the Patriots traveled down this year. And again, like I said, Belichick does what Belichick does, and he goes out and he gets a a free agent quarterback, a a very high-priced free agent quarterback, and a very team-friendly deal. And uh, it's a one-year deal. And you know what? With this COVID-19 he may not even play as a New England Patriot. I, you know, I, I mean, I would assume 
if you're going to go out and you're going to sign him for the year, um, if something happens with this COVID-19 situation that that we don't play football or we play part of a season and the, the season winds up getting scratched halfway through, that somewhere they would they would rework a deal and, and Cam Newton would be a Patriot in 2021 as well. But, you know, I, I don't know. I still don't see this New England Patriots team uh, better than 8-8. Eight and eight. I still think the Buffalo Bills... Um, are the top of the division, and I won't. I don't think that they are by far the top of the division. Um, they're not the cream of the crop by any means. It's not, you know, and, and it may not be a complete changing the guard, but I don't think the Patriots, even with Cam Newton, are going to have enough firepower uh, to win enough games to win that division. I think the Bills are probably a nine or ten win team, and and they win that division. Um, so eight and eight still with Cam Newton is the best I see the New England Patriots. And, and that really hurts me to say, I want to be a homer. I want to say, you know, that this Cam Newton signing is going to save, uh, save the run that the Patriots have had winning the AFC East and, and making the playoffs and being Super Bowl contenders. But I don't think Newton is the guy to lead New England back to another Super Bowl. He's, you know, and, and there is no replacement for Tom Brady. There's no answer to who's the guy that comes in and fills Brady's shoes. It's just the the answer is who's the guy that comes in and takes the snaps after Brady. And right now it looks like that is going to be Cam Newton. So that's my opinion on that. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, step away. Uh, and when we come back, we'll get into the conference-only play set out by uh, the Big Ten and now the Pac-12. All right, guys, thanks for sticking with me. Welcome back. So let's get into, and, and this may be a brief topic, but the the Big Ten uh, was the first major conference uh, just a couple of days ago uh, to step in and say, uh, that they were going to change the structure of sports uh, as far as uh, this fall, at least. And they said uh, all fall sporting teams, uh, football being the major one, but of course you got men and women's soccer uh, and some other fall sports that, that are going to be affected. Um, they will play only conference members. Uh, Pac-12 uh, I believe Friday stepped in and said they would also be doing that. Uh, the ACC has been rumored to be leaning that way. Uh, and I would assume that that all power conferences are, are going to lean that way. And at some point, all the dominoes will fall. And, and really, if everybody else is only playing conference games, uh, the, the smaller, uh, you know, um, next level schools are going to have to follow suit and do the same thing. Now for the big 10, at least in, in football, you know, a big 10 could still play a full 12 game season. I mean, the big 10 is the largest conference in the country. Uh, in, and so with 14 teams, uh, they could play all but one other team in the conference and, and still, uh, get a full 12 game season. Uh, they are the only only 
conference, at least that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, maybe someone like the AAC um, or some of those other uh, conferences might have 13 or 14 teams in them that they could get a full season out of. Uh, but in a lot of cases, you're going to see teams playing uh, 9 and 10 games uh, this season. And, and that's going to be you know, a, a nightmare logistically assuming again, and it's just an assumption that these games get played. There are no problems. There are no major incidences with uh, the COVID-19 virus. And, and say we end the season, everybody plays only conference opponents, you know, then what? Uh, do we have bowl games? No one that I am aware of has, has touched on this subject yet. Uh, do we have a playoff? Uh, is is the national champion just crowned based on the eye test? And you you're not going to have common opponents um, unless it's two teams out of the the Big Ten who played ten games and didn't play each other maybe both of those teams go 10 and 0 then you look at common opponents uh but are we just going off an eye test and and, uh, the handful of common opponents you're going to have to to make a top 25 uh or maybe crown an ap national champion like they did back in the day um so you could be looking at at a shared national title if we don't do the playoffs or bowl games uh because if we're going to say no non-conference games in any fall sport, then I would assume that that would have to include bowl games. That would have to include um, the the playoff system uh, because then you would still have travel. Now, maybe you can make an exception for um, four teams to go play in a playoff, uh, you bring them to one location for two weeks. Uh, you could do a mini bubble for a two-week span, and, and and test the you know this the same way that we've been or these schools are going to be testing. Uh, maybe you can uh, then keep those four schools or four programs isolated to a point and 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 play two playoff games on on a Saturday uh, on the same field uh, and then play a week later um, the national championship game in that same location. Um, but then that becomes then a bidding war or, you know, again, an, a logistical nightmare trying to figure out what city hosts that. And that may be predicated on COVID-19 numbers. And again, all of this is predicated on COVID-19 numbers. And, and I think that's where I'm going to get with this is as much as it pains me to say this, I do not expect college football for the 2020 season. There is too much right now uh, that is uncertain, that is uncontrollable. Um, re- regardless of your opinion on what this is, you know, I know there's opinions, political opinions out there, and I'm I'm keeping political opinion out of this right now. But based on 
on what we have to presume are facts that are, are fed to us. These numbers are not going anywhere in a positive manner. They are only going up in a lot of cities right now because of the second wave. And who is to say that there won't be another wave at some point after this? Depending on who you listen to, and again, I, I don't want to you know, go into political this, that, and the others, but depending on, on what you're hearing or who you're listening to, you know, this, this is not going to go away at all. This is going to be at some point just like what the common flu is now. It's something that can be treated or vaccinated for or, you know, minimized to a point where we can eventually go back to some sort of norm. But I don't think that that happens fast enough to save college football. There is too many schools. There are are too many programs. There are too many student athletes. This isn't like the NBA who took 22 teams, the NHL who took 22 teams. And between those two organizations put the, put them in three hub cities in this this is slightly more like Major League Baseball, who has multiple teams, uh, a, a full full set of teams. And again, Major League Baseball does not have the the teams that that college football has um, numbers wise. Uh, and, but college football teams are huge. The a hundred plus student athletes on these teams. And testing would just be far too expensive to continually test every student athlete, and we're just that's that's just the college football players. You know, then you've got you've got the college, you know, the soccer players, uh, both men and women, and and every other fall sport that's out there has to do this. You know, and it reshapes their entire landscape as far as their playoffs and their national championship crownings. You know, we talk about college football, one, because I, I personally talk about it because I'm a huge fan of college football, but, you know, nationwide we talk about it because that is the school's bread and butter. That is what butters the toast at every major university that has sports programs. That's what brings in the money. That's what people pay to see a majority of the time especially in the fall. You get to winter, you've got basketball. But again, even compared to football, basketball pales in comparison. So so we, we talk about this on a football level, but it goes well beyond that. And so sadly, not only do I think we won't see college football come or by the end of this season, I think all fall sports, I think the Ivy League has this right. Or, or whether or not they're they're right or wrong, the Ivy League is ahead of the curve. They were ahead of the curve in March. They were the first team or first conference to say, "Guys, we're not playing our basketball tournament. We're done. We're canceling the whole thing." I'm sorry, but it's the right what we think is the right thing to do. Guess what? Everybody else followed suit right after that. The NBA shut down. March Madness shut down. It was all gone and the Ivy League was ahead of the curve the Ivy League comes out before the Big Ten even says anything about conference only and the Ivy League says sorry guys there's not going to be any fall sports 
We are not playing any sports until at the earliest January 1st, 2021. And, and I know the Ivy League is, is the academic schools and who cares about sports at, at the Ivy League level. Well, I can tell you what, those student-athletes care. And it's unfortunate for those student-athletes, especially the kids who are going to be seniors at these universities, they don't get their going-out party. They don't get that 10- or 11-game schedule for college football to, to say goodbye. So not only was the, the seniors for this 2021 you know campaign for for basketball and things like that those seniors had it taken away from them at the end of the year and everybody said oh those poor seniors well now the juniors just as quickly their college basketball careers ended for these ivy league schools so let's think about that too this is this is gonna be you know or potentially for those basketball students and now for those those seniors that are are going to be playing we're going to be playing football so this is way beyond sports this is way beyond you know can we control it in a bubble city and and i know what the big 10 and these major conferences right now are trying to do with this and, and they're trying to control it some saying hey we can govern the schools within our conference we can make sure they have standardized testing we can isolate our student athletes but we can't make sure you know if we're conference a and we're scheduled to play conference b teams we can't you know we can't guarantee they're performing the same at the same testing standards over there in conference b as we are over here in conference a so i i get the point i understand why but unfortunately i think there's too much just still uncertainty moving forward um you know and i've kind of rambled on about this and i apologize for that but this is this is a hard subject because i know we all want to see sports come back um and and to a point it is you know we're getting the nba back we're getting nhl hockey back uh you know we're getting baseball but we still don't know we've got positive tests popping up everywhere in these these athletes uh, we've got athletes that say we don't want to play, um, and, and rightfully so. Uh, so it may just be a matter of time before every university across the country basically falls in line with the smart kids from the Ivy League and says, guys, nothing until January 1st, 2021. And I don't want to see it happen, but I'm afraid that's where we're headed. All right, I've rambled on about this one long enough, um, so we're going to take another quick break. And on the other side, the controversial topic of kneeling during the National Anthem. All right, guys, welcome back. Thanks again for sticking around. So I'm going to get into this. And again, this is based only on personal feelings, personal opinion. I am not in any way, shape, or form trying to change anybody's mind i am not trying to sell you on my opinion make you believe that what i'm saying is the gospel truth um but i'm going to get this out there because it is it is a very hot button topic 
Um, and it, it started four years ago with Colin Kaepernick kneeling during the national anthem. And I, I'm going to be 100% honest. When this happened four years ago, I was one of those people saying, how dare you? I was one of those people saying that this should never happen. You should never kneel or sit during the national anthem. It's disrespectful. I I was on that level. I I was very, very upset. Um, You know, I have family members that were uh, former military and and to me, it was just a huge, huge disrespect. And, and I said so at the time, four years ago. Um, but now, you know, I've, I've changed my tune on this a little bit. Um, you know, I, I've heard that, that a former teammate of Colin Kaepernick, who was a former Green Beret, and, and I, I'm going to be honest, I don't remember the, the name of of the guy off the top of my head. Um, but originally four years ago, Kaepernick was sitting on the bench during the national anthem. And, and he was, he was trying to, to prove a point by sitting during the national anthem, by not standing um, for the anthem. And this former Green Beret uh, approached him and, and said, you know, sitting during this is very disrespectful. If you want to make a point and you want to take a stand on something, could you at least, you know, at the very least kneel, uh, you know, I mean, he'd never, he didn't ask him to stand. He didn't tell him to, to change his position on anything, but he said, you know, it, it's a little bit disrespectful to, to sit, you know, I'm more, I'm, I'm very hurt by that. Can you kneel? You know, if you won't, if you don't want to stand, can you at least just kneel? And Kaepernick was was willing to do that, um, you know. And obviously, there were others that followed suit uh, in that four years ago by kneeling. And and when I heard that, and again, if that's not a true story, I I don't know one hundred percent. I I don't I didn't fact check it, but if that is the truth, then I can say that, you know, at least he was trying to do it in a very in a in a respectful way he wanted to make his point and you know four years ago his point wasn't heard um so obviously uh you know he tried to do it in a very respectful way his point wasn't heard uh and it may have cost him his career um and, and i don't know i know i know he's talk. there's talks about he may uh, have a chance to try out uh, with a team or two that have been interested in having him work out for him. I don't know, but you know, I'm getting sidetracked there. I'm not. I'm not here to talk about Colin Kaepernick, um, but but with everything that's going on right now uh, with this Black Lives Matter movement and and people wanting to voice their opinion and wanting to be heard. This is a way for them to do it. Um, it, You know, I don't have a problem with them doing it anymore. Get your message out there. Be heard. If the only way to be heard is to step on a couple of toes and kneel during the national anthem, 
wearing your Black Lives Matter shirts, you know, or you know whatever your cause is, okay. You know, they are doing it respectfully. They are not out there causing problems. They're not rioting. They're not, you know, they're not doing anything that is is hurtful. They are sending a message in a very peaceful way. They are they are kneeling. Uh, they are they are wearing their shirts. They are doing everything that they can to say, "Wake up, America! Look." Look at this. Look at what is going on. And and it does need to change. And, you know, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this subject. And, you know, and, and I may even lose some friends over this. Um, you know, I was all for NASCAR banning the Confederate flag. I am all for these athletes finding finding a voice using their platform and and changing what is wrong with this country if they are going to do it in a way that is you know peaceful and, and you know they're not they are not causing any harm to anybody you know they they may they may come off as disrespectful to some people um and it may be stepping on some people's toes. Some feelings might be getting hurt. But there is no physical harm being done to anybody. And what they are doing is not wrong. You go ahead, you know, kneel and get your message across. If that's how you need to get your message across. If you need to step up to the podium and, and you can respectfully say something to hopefully open some eyes and change some minds about what what you're doing as far as kneeling or you know open some more eyes to the the systemic racism in this country then do it use your platform and that's what these athletes are doing um the young athletes are now doing it uh all the way down to the college ranks i touched on it a couple weeks ago with the incident at wvu um you know the incident at oklahoma state uh with coach gundy uh, and Chuba Hubbard coming out and calling out his own coach. You know, these the young athletes now who are now more confident than than athletes in pre- previous generations, you know, are, are are stepping up and using their platforms. Professional athletes who have always tried to use their platform, but in some cases have been shut down, are are continuing to push and use their platforms and that's what we need we need to see as long as it's being done properly and what i'm seeing is these athletes are doing it properly they're saying hey this is wrong this cannot continue in this country they are right about that this cannot continue in this country as far as the the systemic racism uh, against uh, blacks and, and people, other people of color, it it cannot continue. And and if the only way to get people to to see that and to listen to them is to kneel during the national anthem, then yes, by all means, take a knee. Wear your your Black Lives Matter shirts. Wear you know 
wear whatever you've got to wear to get your message across, no matter what that message is. As long as you're doing it in the proper ways, by all means, get it done. Let's start stamping out this racism around here because it's 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 not what this country needs. We need everybody together in this country pulling forward, not pulling against each other. And if, you know, if a few hundred athletes kneeling during a national anthem is what it takes, then I'm behind that 100%. Um, all right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it right there. I'm going to take one more quick break, and I'll be back to wrap it up. All right, guys, thanks again for coming back. Uh, just to wrap things up, I want to shout out a quick reminder. You can email me at mountaineermurf23 at gmail.com. Give me some ideas uh, for some segments for next week or, or uh, any other shows. I will copy a link on my Facebook page uh, that you can shoot me a voice recording. Uh, if you want to say something about any of the topics that I hit on this week, I, I can get those out there. Um, or again, if you just want, if you have an opinion that you want heard, uh, we can get that in there as well. Again, that's uh, mountaineermurf23 at gmail.com. Uh, and, and just to kind of close things up again, I know we got a little bit off of some of the sports, uh, but there were a lot of, a lot of things that I, I, you know, I had opinions and feelings on that I, I needed to get out there. I wanted to get out there. Um, so thanks for stopping by. Thanks for listening to me. Again, uh, give me some feedback. Mountaineermurf23 at gmail.com. Uh, send me some voice recordings. And, and let's continue to talk sports. Good night, everyone. <laughs>